Hey gang, welcome to the Crossroad Off-Road Podcast. My name is Mitch, and we are brought to you by Mortars More Jeeps in Brainerd, Minnesota, and by Zeus Off-Road in Burnsville, Minnesota. This week I talked to my buddy Jacob again, and he has some good stories that I thought I'd have to bring him back in to tell us. Uh, so some hunters get lost, and uh, Jacob and the giant Christmas tree are our two main stories today, so sit back and listen. Hey guys, welcome back to the Crossroad Off-Road Podcast. A few weeks ago, I had a good friend of mine who I just met. His name is Jacob, and he told some great stories. And ironically, he had two or three stories that we didn't even get to. And for time purposes, I kind of said, hey, let's just stop here. I'll have you come on back and talk again. So, Jacob, welcome back to the podcast. Thanks for having me, Mitch. I appreciate it. And Thanks. And uh, one of the cool things about having a Jeep is every now and again, you get to help people out. Uh, if they're, you know, obviously when you're going off-roading, you're basically looking for trouble. If you're going through a snowstorm or you're uh, going off-roading, going up a hill or going in the mud, you're, you're looking for trouble. But sometimes trouble finds you. And you were telling me a story when we first met at your property about one time you were just out off-roading and you saw somebody on the side of the road that kind of uh, concerned you. So you thought you'd stop and help. Why don't you tell us about that? Uh, the one on the side of the road, uh, was that the side-by-side one I believe I told you? Oh, no, this is the uh, the DNR person. Oh, the DNR, okay. No, that <laughs> one, we we were uh, on our way up to Spider Lake, and we just actually jumped into um would be the sand pit area, and this was over muzzleloading season. And I had a friend of mine up from St. Cloud with uh, his Jeep, and I had another friend of mine in the passenger seat and my son with. And we just get into the sand pit area, and there's a DNR officer that actually is stumbling out of the woods, and comes over to talk to us and visit with us for a minute and, and she was uh, kind of out of breath and struggling a little bit and I actually asked if she's all right and she says yeah yeah she said but we got a call in that there is some missing hunters out here and the wives are concerned because they didn't check in for the day and she asked us if while we we're out and about if we can keep an eye peeled for these hunters and I said sure and I asked if they were driving a jeep or she knew and she literally had no idea so we kind of we we kind of went about our day off-roading and it got to be about lunchtime i suppose and we stopped and had lunch and made a little campfire and we're visiting and whatnot and then we decided like let's there, there's a good amount of snow on the ground so we decided like let's go over toward more of the hilly part of the park and go have some fun over there and um, we started noticing what looked to be car tracks in the snow. And it's like, well, that definitely ain't no Jeep. And it's like, well, let's jump on these older tracks and start tracking these through. So we started following them along. And there, you could tell they were spinning severely and, you know, kind of washing all over the road. And we had them getting into one of the pretty good hills and I just crest over the top and I see the tire tracks leave the trail and they are down an embankment oh 50 75 feet down the side of an embankment and it is a Chevrolet pickup truck and looks like there's people inside and like well that must be our hunters so I I, I radioed back the gentleman that was behind me and said I think we found them and he goes, well, I'll stay on top of the hill. Why don't you work your way down? And I, of course, was deflated and ready to, you know, snow wheel. So I actually started departing down the hill right toward their truck. And they immediately see me come down the hill and jump out of their truck there. And they're, stop, 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 you know, thinking I'm going to 
pretty much join them for uh, another day out in the woods and slide into them. <laughs> but uh, I got down the hill there and I started talking to them and they were all frantic and you could tell scared and come to find out that they actually come out there to go muzzle loading the night before. So they came out there that evening or late that night. And we're going to get out there and get prepped in their stand for first thing for the morning. Well, they didn't make it that far. They ended up spending the night in their truck and they didn't exactly have the proper supplies, just chewing tobacco and some gum and a few snacks. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so they're pretty hungry. And I believe we gave them some snacks and whatnot. And they were quite amazed that we were actually able to depart and come down that hill and not hit them and they're like well what are you going to do and how are you going to get out of here and I said well I'll tell you what and I said I'm going to drive right past you and I'm going to go get turned around on the other side of the hill there and I'll turn around I said you're going to outweigh me significantly and I said I'm going to turn around and I'm going to tie my back into my jeep to a tree and they said I'll run cable down and I'll start winching you up and a friend of mine he come down Tom and he strongly recommended he started digging the snow out from their tires and we both had discovered that their tires were about 85 percent gone and it's like he was going to be no help to me whatsoever pulling up the hill and i got a good winch but still it's a it's a four-door you know long or short bed pickup truck it's going to be a hard pull so he highly recommended to them to get all the air out of their tires so that at least you'd have a little more bite so he started right away using my deflators and got them down to about 10, 12 pounds the air, so the guy had a little bit of traction. And I rigged up my cable, and we started the pulling process. And I think we ended up doing three resets before we finally got him up there, because every time we'd get him, then he'd start going sideways. We were trying to do as little damage to the truck as we could, or no more than he already had, because he had a significant yeah. amount. So like. He, tell, tell us about that part because you told me you said it was a pretty new truck. It was, it, 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 new. yeah, it was a newer <laughs> truck in my mind, but it didn't look new. I mean, he pretty well totaled the box, and three of the four doors were wrecked, and the mirrors looked pretty beat up. I mean, he gave it his all to try and get out of there, and it did not work out so well for him. And he took out a lot of trees on his way down. <laughs> and these guys weren't young fellows. You were no, telling me the youngest no. one was about sixty-five, and they weren't pictures of hell. I yeah, I would. <laughs> I mean, realistically, the youngest was probably late forties, and I would say the oldest maybe even in the seventies. I mean, they were they were older gentlemen, and it was just they they got caught by accident. It was one of them things. They got stumbled up on a trail. It's one of them things like kind of always know where you're at, but you don't go hunting every day. And they, these guys definitely don't go off-road never and had no recollection of the trails or anything like that. So they just stumbled up on this spot in the middle of the night in the dark and didn't think it was going to be hilly. And they couldn't back up and they really couldn't go forward, but they chose to anyway. And it did not work out so well for them. And that's why they, you said uh, they didn't go walking either because uh, they didn't know where they were. Exactly. They, they weren't quite dressed for it either. No, no. So, they they really weren't. For as cold as it was and as wet as it was, they were all just in, you know, work boots and blue jeans and, you know, heavy heavier and thicker, you know, hunting coats, you know, and baseball caps. They weren't really set out to go for a long hike either. I think one, one of the gentlemen had a full set of bibs on, but still it's not really an environment you want to go just hiking around and meandering around in without knowing where you're at i asked them if they had a hunting app or something to kind of 
see the trails or actually see where their stands were because apparently they were up prior and pre-set up some portable stands and their theory was to drop all the guys off at the portable stands and pretty much ditch the truck and then have a nice hunt but i don't think they owned one stand to be honest with you <laughs> got a little turned around so let's go back to your dragging it up the hill on um and trying to do a little damage or a little any more damage yeah so so, so we had to do like i said i believe three race hats and keep wenching them we started with a line pull and that only went so far and then we had to pull them sideways a little bit and they had to hook up to the to their rims and drag their front end sideways and then we had to uh, do a rehook for me because they were still dragging me sideways even with my back end hooked to a tree they outweighed me so much you know so I, mm-hmm. I backed up and then I set up for a double line pull with a snatch block so I could actually get a harder pull on them and a steadier pull and not work my winch so much and that's it finally got them right up to my front bumper and we got them up there and I asked him I was like you think you're going to be able to make it out of here and he goes well I don't know and I was like well you should just stick with us and we'll get you out the safest way possible. So once we got them up, I got resituated and turned around. And then I went to have my friend run. Well, actually, I think my son was running my wench at that time, my five-year-old. I was like, here, wind in my wench. He goes to hit my wench in, and we got so lucky that day. It's one of the things I always know your equipment. And I have worn out wenches before. I use them quite often. And this was a fairly new one. And my son goes hit the button and Daddy, it's not working. I was like, well, push the on button, buddy. And he is five, you know, so it's possibly going to hit a button. But I look at it. He was doing it right. My winch quit working. And, oh, I, and I was like, I need to wind this cable up. It's like, we still got a whole day off roading yet. And I was like, well, we got to get these guys out of here. So I just, you know, I got the synthetic rope. So I just wrapped it up loose and threw it over the top of my Jeep there and left it loose. And we decided that I was going to lead and kind of break trail and figure out the safest, easiest which in the hill part there really is no easy way in snow but the easiest way out of there and get them gentlemen out of there and then tom was going to follow in his rubicon and you know guide him or if they get stuck pull him backwards so we did we got him out to the main road and they were very concerned about their tires and i was like well we can air you up here or you can just it's only like four or five miles to town now you can go to the holiday and air up there like we'll go to the holiday we're gonna get some food and fill up with gas and we're going home they they had enough they never did get their hunt in <laughs> so that was enough for them so that was a uh a rescue of some hunters and that was uh when you told me that story i was i i loved it and uh, i'm glad you were able to find these guys but there was a it was a five guys total, so you had five wives that must have been pretty dang worried. It was about there. Yeah, and then we we did we did finish out the day off road, and we found the DNR truck was actually a big one ton long bed we found that was on one of the off skirt trails later that day, and we found a gentleman this time, and we did let him know and made him aware because they were still in the search for these other hunters, and I let him know that we did find them, we got them out, and they seemed very appreciative and whatnot, and told us to pretty much go about our day and have a good time and stay safe but yeah it was quite the adventure <laughs> yeah yeah so, so sometimes things go awry and uh it goes to show that you know i'm looking as you're telling me this whole story jacob i'm looking at snatch blocks online just to see maybe i do need to have one of these in my bag it is too. I, I, and... I tell so many people it's like i i've done a lot of rigging in my past way prior to jeeping and so many people, they buy the biggest, baddest winch they can, and there's nothing wrong with that at all. But you can do a lot more with a small winch and a snatch block than 
in my mind, you can with a big winch. I mean, a lot of it is just knowing how to use it properly. It's like snatch blocks can save you, even with just one. I recommend everyone have two because then you, then almost any Jeep can have up to a 30,000-pound pull. You know, and you think that's a lot, but when you're stuck in the mud, it, it can take a lot to get you out. But with just simply one snatch block, you can pull your Jeep sideways. You can do a reverse pull and, you know, back your way out of a hole. Say you go into a mud hole and you're stuck real bad forward and there's no way you're getting out going forward. You can work your way out backwards. I mean, there's a lot of different maneuvers you can do with one. And if you're bored, um, you can also, I probably shouldn't say this, but it's really fun to do. We, in the summertime, we call up the neighbor kids. We got a local river over by us and we run the winch lines across the river and snatch blocks make the perfect zip line. We go Jeep zip lining in the summer all the time. We run a cable out into a tree and we let all our kids zip line down into the river and it's a blast. <laughs> so, uh, what kind of, what kind of, uh, do you, what kind of one do you have? Cause I'm seeing prices anywhere from Harbor Freight, $27, Smitty Built, just under 30 uh, up to a couple thousand oh, yeah. dollars. You can get a Yeah, you one. can get it. You, you uh, can get ones that are, uh, greaseless. You can get greasable ones. You can get ones that are made for cable, ones that are made for synthetic rope. I do highly recommend, I mean, spend enough money just to make sure that you get one for whatever kind of cable you have. If you have rope, Get one that's specifically designed for rope. Don't crisscross the two because the ones that have the setup for a cable, if you use a synthetic rope in, you will bind your rope and cut your rope. If you use a rope in one that's made for cable, it'll it'll cut that too. It's like just make sure you get one that's for your particular cable or rope of your winch. And like you said, you can spend anywhere from ten dollars uh, up to a thousand. I have two that are fairly expensive because I use them for some truck work too and for pulling equipment out so i actually have a really heavy duty arb that is kind of expensive and the other brand i'm not quite sure because i got that through a rigging company for actually tow trucks but i always i always carry both they are kind of a clumsy heavy duty piece of equipment to keep in your jeep i mean they weigh four five six pounds a piece you know but they are incredibly handy I uh, I'm I did a little poking around while you're talking. I found one on Amazon. Uh, Ranger is the name of the brand, and it'll set, it'll accept both wire and synthetic okay. ropes yeah, for around around yeah. thirty bucks. And it, so as long um, as it's rated for you know at least I would say ten to fifteen thousand pounds, I would definitely go with that. That is not bad. And there is like you just said, there's universal ones. I did not mention that mainly because you really got to look at the edge so if you look at the edge when you split a snatch block apart and look at the edge one that's for steel cable will have a sharp edge so it's actually meant to track the cable deeper in the groove a synthetic rope will have like a beveled or a curved edge almost like a routered edge and typically what i found mm-hmm. is ones where synthetic rope are greasable so they pull smoother and don't have a jerky feel but I, I personally yeah, have no experience that, with the universal one. Yeah, this one is greasable. It looks like it, ha- it has a picture with a rope in it and has the beveled edge like you were talking. And it's rated to 17,600 yeah. pounds. So um, I don't know if anybody out there is listening and they have a couple of these, uh, this brand, or have a different recommendation for a brand. Uh, just hit me up in my Facebook group on uh, Crossroad Off-Road. But this one looks... Uh, 
looks like one I'll probably be picking up because, uh, like you said, having a snatch block is a pretty yep. good idea. Yep. So it says actual weight four pounds. So it's it's a heavy little piece of machinery. It right is. There. Uh, it is. Cool. Yeah. We've, yes. we've... Yeah. So why? While you were talking, like I said, I was just totally looking it up. I'm like, okay, maybe I do need a snatch block because that's one thing that we don't have in our bag uh, that I don't have in my bag uh, for winching. I have a bunch of other stuff. I I went and bought one of those uh, Husky bags at Home Depot that that uh, kind of folds open, I guess. Yep. It's a tool bag. And I have my tool, you know, I, I just grab a bunch of wrenches and I toss them in there. Uh, the ones I think I'll need, definitely my disconnect and stuff from a disconnect and my sway bar. But then I have... Actually, I bring soap with me, hand yep. sanitizer, and toilet yep. paper also, yep. <laughs> just in case. That's in the bag. All the essential air up tools and the air up tools in the bag. Obviously, my compressor is on the Jeep, but uh, everything else is in that bag, and and I just kind of fill it up. and It's in, been pretty handy, and it fits in the back of my uh, back of my Jeep, and uh, I have the trunk, like I said, so I, I can lock everything back there too. So it just stays in the Jeep uh, for the That's- most part. And less I'm less I'm wrenching on something, but having a bag like that, I think I spent. I think Harbor Freight probably get a cheaper one, but I think I spent twenty bucks, maybe yep. twenty five bucks on this bag, and uh, it just kind of keeps things together. So, um, and it doesn't bounce around because I said I have it it back in the trunk. So, on you know things that aren't tied down to back of your Jeep, you know, it's a bad idea. So I put <laughs> I put everything in the back, tie it all down. I mean, it's locked in this thing, and it can't fit much else in there. And then I have another bag that has my uh, tree saver and my, my rope for yanking people out. I think the next thing I definitely want to get is one of those um, bungee ropes. Oh, uh, uh, like, I, I know Yankum rope uh, yeah, is a brand name one, rope. but yeah, there you go. Kinetic. I have a static one right now, but I, I used the kinetic when I was pulling one of those rockers yep. up a hill and I'm like, maybe uh, I think my brother was doing a pulling with his JK at the time actually, but uh this guy had his rocks are the only one I've ever seen on off-roading. He had one. He kept on getting stuck at the dresser. And he goes, once you start going, just go until I get up the hill. It'll yank me right up. And sure enough, it just, when that thing caught, it just shot right up the hill. Yep, it was pretty yep. cool. And, uh, and I watch a couple other things on YouTube. Uh, I watch this one place called Welker Farms, and they're a big farm operation out of Montana. I think I might have mentioned on this podcast before. But they have tractors that weigh – you know, 50 to 70,000 pounds, you know, big bud tractors with 600 horsepower, huge tractors, and they get them stuck in the mud. And, uh, but they use the Yankum ropes now. They used to use chains. Chains. Yeah, a terrible idea. idea. And I think we all, yeah, uh, I grew up on a farm and a neighboring farmer and his brother both got stuck and one of them died because the chain broke and hit him and hit the guy oh, yeah. in the head. So I, w- uh, I know people who've, who've died from that. So having, least amount of metal possible flying through the air is i agree 100 percent. i've witnessed a friend of mine almost lose his life to a broken shackle that came off of a chain and i've had i mean i i come from a lot of rigging and and equipment work and you use chains for everything as your primary go-to you know and i have seen my fair share of chains break and they do significant damage yeah so good uh, kinetic rope i have a static rope now with the tree saver obviously in the bag, uh, obviously the winch, but I think the uh, kinetic rope and then the yeah. snatch block, yeah. I think would be good. Uh, would be good to add to the whole yeah. situation, and maybe a couple more. I have also have a soft shackle. I just bought a soft shackle, use it for the first time uh, when I went to Appleton to pull my buddy out. I thought, yeah, let's give this thing a try. And 
the soft shackle was like yep. 15 bucks, 20 bucks. Like it was, was not expensive. I think I added it to a, an Amazon order because I needed five more dollars. I just had this sitting there ready to go. So I just added it to my order. That way I, I had it and I got to use it. So um, I'm trying, trying to go all uh, rope or soft yep. shackle uh, is my idea. So that's cool. I mean, that's a great rescue and a great story. And it kind of got me thinking a little bit different what I want to put in my bag. Hey, gang, from Motors and More Jeeps in uh, Brainerd, Minnesota, they have two new Jeeps coming in on the used market. They have a 14 four-door. Uh, Wrangler and a 09 two-door Wrangler uh, just coming in there's nothing about them on the website they'll be coming in very shortly they just picked them up and that's all I'm going to tell you about them because it's all I know so uh, just check their website the next few days because I'm sure they'll be up by Monday or Tuesday but uh, those are the two new Jeeps that are coming into uh, Motors and More Jeep in Brainerd, Minnesota and also, if you pick up one of those Jeeps that are going to hit the lot pretty soon, you can go to uh, Zeus Off-Road in Brainerd, Burnsville, Minnesota, with a $500 credit from Rose and Jeeps and get some uh, custom work done. A uh, little lift, some tires, wheels combo. Uh, you can kind of look into getting some of those things done for yourself. So uh, Jeeps are pretty great standard, but holy cow, do they do a lot better when they have a lift and tire set up on them. So check that out. If you already have a good jeep you're already running right now or any off-roader and you want some custom work done or a simple lift uh go ahead and go to zeus off-road in burnsville minnesota they can hook you up with all that and you tell them you listen to the podcast it'd be great that way you get a free hat or t-shirt compliments of zeus so uh check those guys out it's motorsmorejeeps.com and zeusoffroad.com uh but you when it, you had one more story i want to ask you about is your christmas tree tradition uh you kind of shared some photos with me and can you tell me a bit about your Christmas tree tradition? Oh, our chili Christmas tree tradition. So when when I was growing up, we grew up in the little tiny town of Glen, Minnesota. And it's so small. If you sneeze while you're driving a car through there, you miss the whole town. But any, anyways, we had a little old farmhouse and a lot of land. But as growing up, we, we, we could never have a, a tall Christmas tree. We our, our Christmas trees were as big round as they were tall. I mean, they were six, seven foot round, but they're only six foot tall in the little farmhouse, you know. And we started this Christmas tree tradition, mm-hmm. I don't know, ever since I was a little one that I remember, and going to Pearson's Tree Farm in Aiken there, and we'd go and cut the biggest, widest tree we possibly could. And I always, growing up, was like, I always wanted to have just a monster tree, you know, a big old Christmas tree. And I knew ever since I was a little kid that when I someday am able to build a house or have a house or a home or anything, I want to make it so I have essentially like a Christmas tree room. So I built and designed, I'd say, 85% of my house myself, and we actually live in a house or a shop house for people that aren't aware, and I actually designed my living room, people are going to laugh, with all the peak part, I believe, is like 18 or 19 feet, and the shallow part's like 16 feet, but I have an eight and a half wide door just to get a tree in, and the prime spot where we put, we averaged... 16 to 17 foot Christmas trees is what we put in the place. And it's it's quite the endeavor every season. We actually have a custom-made tree stand that's made out of quarter-inch steel plate and weighs about 65 pounds. And my trees actually average of a 7 to a 10-inch stump when we cut the trees down. And um, the, the tree farm gentleman, he's been the same gentleman there ever since I was a little kid. And when we started coming and getting these big trees from him, he calls them his church trees that he sells us. We come there the first time with, with, with my Jeep, 
and I was like, oh, I need to, I need to test out this, you know, top rack or this uh, roof rack that I built because I built it in the winter and I wasn't going to do any, you know, summer work or any hauling with it recently. So I was like, we'll throw the Christmas tree up there. And we had a lot of snow that winter and loaded the whole family up and we go there and they just had a ton of snow. So it kind of ended up becoming a little off-road family date night day adventure in the snow off-road to find our perfect Christmas tree, you know. And we find our, our first tree that we're ever going to put on the Jeep, and we picked it out. I think my son actually picked it out, to be honest with you, and that was that was definitely a, a big one. So we ended up getting the tree, and we cut it down, and I bring a chainsaw. Our trees are way too big to cut by hand, you know. And I cut this tree down, and we look at it, and it's like, oh, my God, this thing is like 10 feet longer than my Jeep, you know. Like, how are we going to get this thing up there? And I got, I, I mounted my spare tire custom on my Jeep. So it looks like a, almost a Hummer. It's at a 45 degree angle on the back of my Jeep. It's like, well, told the wife, let's use, use that for a ramp. I'll go up there and start tugging and you start pushing. And we, we got it up there and it was so silly because first time we did this, the stump, literally the butt of the stump is over my winch on the Jeep. So I actually hooked the winch cable to the stump of the tree to hold the tree down. And then I hooked the ratchet strap to the back of the tree, which is hanging out several feet past the back of my Jeep. And we started our merry, merry way back to St. Matthias, you know. And we're working our way back. And I have friends shortly thereafter we get home messaging me on Facebook said, hey, your Jeep is famous in Brainerd. I said, well, what what, what do you mean? <laughs> well, apparently we went viral. It was the first time I guess I was on one of them spotted websites or a viral thing, but people were spotting me, <laughs> making jokes about me and making memes saying it's the Griswolds rolling through town. <laughs> I, th- I think I did see that at one point last year or year before yeah. and I laughed it, it, holy cow that's a huge yeah, it, now I know the guy it, now I know it the seems guy to go around every year tree. the pictures probably oh I think the original one was done in like 2016 and that's the mem or the little Facebook thing that still keeps going around year after year no one's got me after that but last year was actually quite the adventure we got just a a great big one. Our tree was 12 foot six round and it was 16 foot five tall. We got it on the Jeep and we got it all strapped down like we normally do. Never have no issues, no nothing. And we just get up to speed at 65 and we're cruising along and Christmas music's playing. Kids are having a good old time and it's like slow motion. I watch the stump in my windshield. I mean, it's literally right in front of my windshield and I seen the thing just like suck right back. It's like, oh no. And it was one of them rare moments, like we hit the perfect bump and the back strap completely come unhooked and the tree unwound from the winch cable. I don't know how, but it did. And it actually at 65 miles an hour went off the back and bounced from the road ditch. And there was no one around me or nothing, but first time I've ever lost anything and had to pull over and do the whole whole ordeal again and get it back on the road to the Jeep. <laughs> Maybe, maybe put yeah, a it's like now, now we're going huh? over the middle too, but it was so wide. I mean, it, it we literally it was so wide that we had to, with leather gloves, hold the branches up just so we could get in our doors of our jeep because you literally couldn't see hardly anything out the side windows. It was so bushy. <laughs> awesome, awesome. So, uh, when I when I share this episode, Jacob, make sure you put a couple of those pictures on her like you did last time yourself uh of, of the your jeep and then also in your house 
it's a yeah. sight to see. And when oh, you look at the picture it, of the tree in the house, you got to remember yeah, that door is eight feet it's tall. Actually, yeah, eight it's eight foot six wide and eight foot <laughs> tall. And yeah, the pictures do it no justice because I got to take the picture from so far away in my house that you look at it, it's like, oh yeah, that's a decent sized tree. And then we have people come over. We have like neighborhood people and people around our lake that is the quash tree up yet? We got to come over and look at it. And they come over, have some cookies, have a cup of coffee, and they come in just to look at the tree because you can't really see it from where our house is located unless you come in our house. And they come in there like, oh my God, it's huge. And yeah, we do it with a 14 foot ladder. <laughs> we decorate it. And I have a six foot extension pole that we put all the ornaments on. And for anyone that decorates a tree, if you've ever been to Menards and you buy them great big old, you know, it looks like a five-gallon pot of ornaments to put on your tree, we average five to seven pots of them of ornaments just to get enough ornaments on the tree. <laughs> it's, uh, it's a sight to see. <laughs> a sight to see. When you showed me the pictures, I was uh, – and you said that, that, that door is eight feet tall. I mean, and then obviously you're another eight feet above yep. that with a tree. So it's not a, not a regular door you're looking at either, but that's why you built that house. Exactly. Right yeah, and we're always tree. so worried about our kids because the trees are so heavy. I mean, we're talking 400-pound trees. These are not little. So we actually run it the zip cables to the trees, and we actually run them to our walls. We have anchor bolts in our walls. Because the stand, even with a quarter-inch steel plate, when we tip the tree up every year, it still bends the stand. So this year, I might have to upgrade a three-eighth steel plate. But anyways, we actually winch it up in the ceiling, and then we stand it up, and we run these these zip cables all the way down into the anchor bolts in our walls so that if, we, if one of our children were to fall in it, grab it, or hit it or something, it's not going to fall. Yeah, it's well. It's like when you buy a, a dresser or armoire or something. It says, "Yeah, anchor this to the wall." So you know, or if you put too much heavy stuff in the exactly. door, it's going to fall forward. You know, so uh, um, you, you did the right thing there. But anchor, I was yeah. going to ask that question. Do you Most anchor definitely. it at all? Because you were telling me about we had your deal. We had one about oh right, three years ago that we just could not. It, it, it was such a beautiful tree, but the tree itself was so far crooked, it wasn't even funny. So it was so misbalanced. So we brought, I mean, like I said, this, this tree stand weighs 60 plus pounds and we had that in there. I got two of my, you know, zip cables up and it still, it was, it was wobbly and we didn't trust it. So I actually went out and got three of the 70 pound sandbags that you use for, you know, weight in your pickup truck or your car during the winter time. And I had them underneath the tree also for extra safety. And that was also the years like, I can't look at these ugly sandbags. We need a way to cover this up. So I got online and started looking all over for, you know, commercial tree skirts is what I was looking. Come to find out there is no such thing. So I contacted my neighbor who is kind of a seamstress and she does a lot of sewing on the side. And is like, hey, would you want to make me a tree skirt? And I said, we want like a plaid, kind of like an old school 40s, 50s, you know, look, almost like burlap type look. She goes, yeah, yeah. She's like, how big you want it? Four feet, five feet? I was like, oh, no. I said, I want 12 to 14 feet. And she goes, what? And <laughs> long story short, she started work on that pretty much the day we put our Christmas tree up. We didn't get that tree skirt till the following Christmas. She worked on it on and off <laughs> before we finally cured the, the tree skirt. <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. 
maybe you could you just wrap those uh uh bags and i was thinking you were gonna wrap them like a gift <laughs> so they just look yeah, like a gift do. under the tree <laughs> no you're still there you're still there yes jacob okay ah you're still there awesome yeah the magic of internet and now and again we kind of uh you know, lose you yep. for a hot second, but he's back. So yeah, that's so. Like I said, I was just saying, maybe you next time you could uh, wrap those like a gift, and so they just look like a huge gift. Yeah, pretty, pretty much, pretty much. <laughs> oh, we end up just covering up with some but some decorative a... paper. It worked. Awesome. Well, Jacob, you 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 delivered once again. Give me a couple good stories that I wanted to hear and get on the podcast. Uh, those two with the DNR rescue and the Christmas tree story are great. And I'm excited to kind of share those pictures. And when I post this uh, next week uh, or this weekend, I should say uh, post the podcast up. So you'll have to put those on there, but thanks again, Jacob, for being on. And yes, thank uh, we'll you for talk having to you soon me. Then, okay? I appreciate it. Hey gang, thanks for listening to the uh, Crossroad Off-Road podcast. And uh, this is brought to you by Zeus Off-Road in Burnsville, Minnesota and by motorsandboardjeeps.com in Brainerd, Minnesota. Check those websites out uh, and uh, help support the podcast. Thanks a lot.